I don't want to be a martyr. Nor I. I want to live. That is good. For believing what you do, we confer upon you a rare gift these days. A martyr's death. The cross commands you. The blood of the martyrs commands you. I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. All right, it is time to have some fun. And by that I mean fun fun. You can probably tell by the music that was just started that this is something new. We're going to have real fun because we're going to talk about dead guys. We're going to talk about... (laughs) Because that's what you love, right? The other reason I say this is fun is even though something else will have been posted before this, this is going to be the first thing recorded in the new setup. Ooh, ah. So if you listened to what Lou and I did, and he did what little... If you listen to what we posted Wednesday, which will be new then, but old now, because we'll record that tomorrow, and this was posted later, even though it was recorded first. So I know you're all confused, and that made no sense, but it doesn't matter. This is the first thing that was recorded in the new setup, and now if Lou and I don't post, then this will make even less sense to you. But I figured something useful as life is kind of settling back in, and I'm getting a chance to make sense of things again and have a little bit more time to pick back up on some of the different projects that have been kind of put off to the side. One of the things we want to start looking at is our Martyr Monday. Doesn't that just sound so so fun and cordial and uplifting? It should be, actually. Why? Well, because Christianity is a religion founded upon the work of Christ. Duh. But it is founded upon your surrender of self, your denial of desire, your denial of the pleasures, <coughs> excuse me, lusts of this world, and your embracing of all that Christ would have you to do. Not some of what he would have you to do, but all of it. That includes even the death that you may die. So I am going to have some fun. These are probably not going to be long. They are going to be simple and basic, but they are also going to be encouraging because what we're going to do is we're going to tell a story. Not a long one, but a short little rundown of a great martyr of the faith. Some ancient, some you know historically well-versed, some historically obscure, some modern. But the thing that they will all have in common is they will all have died because of their testimony to Christ. Now... Why in the world would we want to celebrate something like this? Well, because Christian, this is our this is our heritage. This is our history. This is who we are at the core. This is what we do day in and day out, and this is how we have lived century in and century out. I mean, no offense. Let's think through our history for a short period, and this will be what our first little foray into this topic will be. We are founded as a religion upon a death, a martyr's death, someone who died for the work of God. This is, I mean, I know that's a very crass, simple way of putting the work of Christ, but it is what it is. Christ suffers for his people, for the testimony of God's redemption, for the fulfillment of prophecy. All of those things are fulfilled in the work of Christ and in his death. Now fast forward, Stephen, 
one of the first uh, deacons, I know there's some argument about whether or not you should call them deacons, but historically known in evangelical parlance, the first one of the first deacons dies the martyr's death, as does mm, pretty much every single apostle. Jesus' brother James, eh, you can take that dude, you know. Since he won't stop yapping about this Jesus guy who we're trying to get rid of, we're going to chuck him off the temple. Oh, he didn't die? What do you mean he didn't die? You chucked him off the temple mount. That should kill him, but it didn't. So what do we do? We bash his head in with a rock. Why? Because he wouldn't shat up, shatting up about Jesus. I mean, Matthew travels up and around, ends up in Ethiopia. Um, they pin him to the ground with a spear and cut his head off. How? Uh, James, the brother of John, that's what's actually recorded in Scripture. You know, they're they're just gonna go on ahead and um and lop his head off. That 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 will be helpful, won't it? I mean, last time I checked, that's a that's a pretty pretty fatal thing when we separate your head from your neck. That usually doesn't end well. Um, Andrew, brother of Peter, gets crucified up in uh, Russia. But they crucify him on an X. That's why, you know, it's known as a St. Andrew's cross. Um, Peter is going to be crucified upside down by the Romans. Paul is going to be beheaded. Uh, Bartholomew will be beaten and crucified. Thomas is going to make his way out all the way into India. They're going to keep stabbing him with spears until he dies. Once again, continually and repeatedly stabbing somebody with a spear is not usually doctor-recommended for long-term health. It usually has some adverse effects on the body and what happens to it. Um, let's see, what else have we got here? Simon was, I think, burned to the sun god because, because he wouldn't offer sacrifice. Uh, John. John is one of my personal favorites, to be perfectly honest with you, because... Um, they tried with John. Like, if you ever wonder why is John on Patmos? Like, why is he in exile when they could have just killed him? I mean, they killed Peter. They killed Paul. They killed both Jameses. They've been killing pretty much every other apostle. They stoned Stephen. I mean, we have a pretty good history of Rome and Jerusalem and everybody being able to kind of kill these guys. Well, apparently, and again, this is, this is always one of those fun things about church history. And this is something we'll get hung up on a few times because church history is fuzzy at best in a lot of instances because you're stuck dealing with oral tradition and historical and legends and how do we it think sometimes you have to think of parts of church history like a fish story like every year that you go on and on the fish that you caught that one time gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger sometimes excuse me again sometimes that happens in church history and We'll just kind of deal with as we go, and if we think we have good documentation and source material, we'll use it. If we don't, we'll simply tell the story and rejoice, because at the end of the day, this is still God's work and God's accomplishment. So, John, why didn't they just kill him? Well, they tried. And I've mentioned this on a Sunday morning before, but they tried to boil him in oil, and I've often wondered, like, how does that go wrong? And I'm serious. I mean, is it a big vat that you, like, just chucked him in? 
Did you lower him in on a chain? Because, I mean, you can't lower him in on a rope. If the oil is boiling, wouldn't the rope combust from the heat? So did you, like, just ch lower him in on a chain and, like, it didn't work? And so you pulled him back out, and then you dipped him back in, and you pulled him back out, and you, 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 did, the, you did the Apostle Oil hokey pokey to find out if he's dead yet, and he's not, so you can't kill him, so you exile him. Did you throw him into a big old skillet? I mean, was it like a Bugs Bunny cartoon with a pot? You put him in, and he kept just getting back out? I mean, I have questions. But apparently the boiling in oil <laughs> didn't take. So what do you do? Well, you exile the man. <sighs> Such fun. Yeah, we have apostles burned on grills, apostles stabbed, apostles beheaded, apostles attempted to boil in oil, crucified, crucified upside down. Um, <sighs> so what? Why do you care, Christian? Because you are called to walk faithfully in the midst of a world that hates you. And while we have been very, very blessed in Western civilization to have a world that has not hated us openly the way that it has throughout history, that's going away. And not only is that going away, it's going away quickly, and society is becoming, because of this, society is breaking down more and more and falling apart faster and faster, which means while you can potentially not imagine a world where an angry mob would stone you to death for Christ. It might be closer to a reality than you think. And while you can't imagine a pagan government trying to griddle cook you, like literally on a grill, then I get it, but it might actually be closer than you think. Which means we need some encouragement. And part of the encouragement that we should have is things like, um, it's First Thessalonians 4. Christ is returning with a shout, the blast of the trumpet, the heavens open, Christ descending, his people redeemed. You should comfort one another with these words. The reason why that's important is because we are considered as you know, sheep to be slaughtered day by day. We are walking and we are struggling and we are warring against sin and warring against the world. And the world seems to be picking up the fight faster and faster and harder and harder. So what do we do? We are encouraged by the fact that Christ is returning, and we can be encouraged by the actions of men and women who have come before us, who have fought the good fight, who have completed the course, who have run the race, and have finished well. He who perseveres to the end will be saved. Therefore, we need some encouragement and some strength to persevere to the end, to do the hard work, to potentially bear the mark of the martyr, and to trust that it is God who will see us through these things, because that's the promise that he gives. And when you talk about history, you talk about the well-known guy, guys that we'll eventually get to, like Latimer and Ridley. I like those are two of my favorites. Um, guys like Polycarp, but even things like Russian prison guards. People today living in the Muslim world. Some stories are known. Some stories are unknown. We'll cover the ones we can kind of figure some stuff about and talk about and ones that we know. But realize that these little pictures are a part of a wider kingdom. And that even if the martyr's crown does not come for you, your call is to walk faithfully in Christ. So let's see how people were strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Let's see how God comforted his people, how Christ held them to the end, and how they persevered in faith. Because as we see what has been done, we can trust what will be done, and we can rejoice in all that God has done 
all that he is doing and all that he will do because we know that his work is secure and his kingdom is good. And no matter how we get ushered into it, we can trust that it will be there ready for us. So, sounds like fun. This will be something we will dive into in the coming weeks. Less of me rambling and more of the actual stories of people who have done this. So, if you want to have some fun, do some research. Do some reading on the apostles. Some of the traveling companions that they form up with are hysterical to me because they uh, they just split in ways you wouldn't think that they would split in who becomes friends with who, but it is what it is. These guys die some weird deaths and some gruesome deaths, but they live lives and die deaths to the glory of God, as should we all. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.